Hello, and welcome to episode 47 of the Forward Progress Football Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Party, and today we're going to be reviewing the Thursday night football game from last night, the epic battle between the Chargers and the Chiefs, and then previewing every game on Sunday and Monday. So let's get right on into it. So on Thursday night, we saw the Chargers lose to the Chiefs in Arrowhead 24 to 27. Um, man, that nasty backdoor cover, though. Other than that, I got the prediction right, but the spread prediction wrong. Uh, tough to see, but what a great game to watch. Willie Gay, I thought, had a much better game this week than he did last week. He still missed a couple tackles, but had a lot of really nice open field tackles and just looked a lot faster out there, more instinctive. And overall, like I was kind of like, oh, like is he going to be a decent linebacker this year? And now I'm kind of like, okay, okay. like I see it with him. He's going to be good. Uh, Mahomes, I thought he was very up and down. His incredible plays were there as always, like that stupid rollout sidearm thing he did to Jarek McKinnon. Like, how the hell do you complete that? But he threw so many balls that should have been picked, and they were either dropped by like they were either dropped by the opposing players or not dropped in Asante Samuel's case. Um, never mind that. Negated by penalties. There's just like a lot of plays that didn't count where they should have been turnovers. There was at least like four or five of them. Um, a lot of that came while he was under pressure. He just did not look good with the Chargers like closing in on him. Like obviously you aren't going to play as good, but felt very uncharacteristic of him. Just kind of like saying F it, chucking it up there and Tyree Kill isn't there to bail him out anymore. I didn't say that the Chiefs offensive line is very weird. They were amazing in run blocking, um, just paving the way for Clyde Edwards Hilaire and whoever else was running behind there. But in Passport, they were just getting beat left and right. Mahomes constantly under pressure, just a very unbalanced offensive line. But that could also be attributed to the Chargers. Uh, once again, a great day rushing the passer, just like they did on Sunday. But ooh, sorry. But the, all the additions that they made aren't really helping out in the ground game as much as they would have hoped, like Sebastian Joseph Day, Austin Johnson, um, Khalil Mack even. Like he, had, he has a couple nice run stuffs, as he always does, but still not as good of a run-stopping performance as they were definitely hoping for. Uh, but some good things I saw from the Chargers, Williams and Pipkins both played much better than they did last time. Uh, Williams, he was winning at the catch point almost every time. Just still not getting the separation of a true like number one receiver. But when Keenan Allen's back, obviously he won't need to be. And he can still be, be that jump ball guy, which he's very, very good at. And Pipkins held his own for the most part. Like, yeah, he was beat once or twice by Karloftis or Dunlap. But had a much, much better game this week than he did last week. Um, speaking of holding his own, Zion Johnson had an incredible game against going head-to-head against Chris Jones. Uh, eventually, they just flipped him over to the other side, uh, Chris Jones. They flipped him over to Filer, and that's when he started winning. Uh, Filer was getting, honestly, pretty wrecked by Jones, especially that first play where they flipped him over, uh, sack on like the two-yard line. Chris Jones just blew right by him and was doing that all game, but couldn't do that against Zion Johnson. Really good sign for the Chargers' first-round pick. And then Herbert, just so tough. Uh, it's hard to see him not win this game after the effort that he clearly was showing. He was in so much pain, but he's still able to throw that like 40, 50-yard bomb on a frozen rope, put them in the position to get within three, and then obviously they need the extra point, which they didn't get. But either way, that was an incredible effort by Herbert, and you can just tell he's going to be one of the best quarterbacks in this league for a long time to come. All right, so now getting into my game predictions. It's going to start off with the Jets going to the Browns, who are six and a half point favorites. 
Uh, it's going to be backup quarterback versus backup quarterback. Jacoby Brissett versus Joe Flacco. I don't think Zach Wilson's going to be back yet. Not looking like it. And yeah, which one performs better? Which one's able to execute the offense in a way enough to win? Um, a lot of this, though, will be on the ground game. The Browns running backs versus the Jets run D. Last week, the Jets run defense actually did really good against what should be a potent Ravens uh, rushing attack. Like, yeah, they didn't have... J.K. Dobbins or Gus Edwards, so that could probably be attributed to that. But we'll have to see. Maybe the Jets' run D is just a lot better this year. And then Sauce Gardner versus Amari Cooper. I'm really excited to see that matchup. Uh, Cooper did not have a good game last week. However, Sauce would played amazingly last week. So is this going to be a continued trench for both of them? Is Sauce just going to instantly vault himself into a top five corner? And is Cooper going to drop out of like being a wide receiver one altogether? Um, I think the Jets, too, go for this six and a half point spread just... I don't trust the Browns to be able to put up enough points and yeah, with Joe nor with um, Jacoby Brissett to make the six and a half point spread doable. And I still do though, see the Browns winning. Then we got the Bucks who are two and a half point favorites at the Saints. Uh, first biggest thing I'm watching for is Tom Brady versus Dennis Allen. Dennis Allen has had Tom Brady's numbers for the past three years. Um, this Saints defense or the Saints team has not lost to Tom Brady and the Buccaneers in the regular season. And they've only lost to the Tom Brady Buccaneers once in the postseason. Uh, second matchup I'm looking for is Michael Thomas versus Carlton Davis. Michael Thomas started to have like, especially in the third, fourth quarter last week, started to have that breakout performance again, looking like his old self. And Carlton Davis is quickly becoming one of the best corners in the league, just shutting down CD Lamb last week. So that should be a really fun matchup. And then Canton Jordan and Marcus Davenport versus Josh Wells and the rest of the Bucks O-line. Um, the Saints have some of the best pass rushers in the league, one of the best defensive lines in the league overall, and the Bucks' offensive line looks like it's declining, especially with um, Josh Wells starting at tackle for them because of the injury to, oh, what's his name? Donovan Smith, because of the injury to Donovan Smith. And yeah, so we'll have to see how that matchup goes. And honestly, I think I see no reason why the Saints can't cover and win this game. Um, they're pretty evenly matched on paper, but the Saints just always have that extra juice against them. And they say never bet against Tom Brady, but I think it's different when they're playing the Saints. And we got the Panthers at the Giants, who the Giants are actually two-point favorites. When was the last time the Giants were favorites, man? Um, is this going to be a Baker bounce back game? He didn't have that killer instinct week one that we were all excited to see if they could break out again. Um, he was in a revenge game and just didn't really show up to the best of his abilities. He's a much better quarterback than when he showed last week. Was that just... Week one jitters only got traded a few weeks ago. Is he still like getting used to the group of the offense? And is he going to be able to show up against the Giants defense, which did play really well last week, but I think they played much above their talent level going against also a worse offense in the Tennessee Titans. So let's see if Baker can bounce back or if he's just going to be, I don't know, maybe like the 20, 25th best quarterback. Um, someone else bouncing back though, Saquon, is he back? He looked so bursty, explosive. Every adjective that you, you described him with coming out of college, that was the player we saw last night and that's, or Sunday night. And that's very exciting. Um, when he's healthy, he is potentially the best back in the league. Like he was taken number two overall for a reason, but dumb reason, but it's because of all the talent that he has within him. And yeah, right now that crown belongs to Jonathan Taylor, I believe. Derrick Henry's up there, Nick Chubb, all those guys. But if Saquon can be healthy and perform like he did last week every week, there's no reason why we can't call him the best running back in the league. But he's still got a couple more weeks before he's ready to enter that conversation. And let's see if he can do it against the Giants or against the Panthers. 
And lastly, will the Giants be able to make some noise in the NFC? If they win this game, they're 2-0 and against um, some pretty tough out teams that like I honestly expected them to start 0-2 against. And they'd be 2-0 and in the NFC East, which has the Eagles, who look really good, the Cowboys, who are injured, and the Commanders, who are led by Carson Wentz. So the Giants, like if they win this, they're 2-0 and in that division. And even still... The NFC, someone like a 9-1 team is probably going to make it. Um, however, I do think that the Panthers are going to be able to have that bounce-back game. They're just a super talented loader roster, so I think they cover and win this. Then we have the Patriots at the Steelers, the Steelers being two-point favorites. Um, how much does the Steelers pass rush, like how much pressure are they going to be able to generate without TJ Watt? They looked really good last year. Alex Highsmith, um, Cam Hayward, everyone popping off. TJ Watt especially popping off, but... Without TJ Watt, you're going to have some backup players stepping in. And are they going to be able to... Is Alex Highsmith and Cam Hayward going to be able to absorb that extra pressure and still be able... Or extra attention and still be able to have monster games like they did last week? Especially against the Patriots offensive line that is looking a bit shaky. Like, they should be able to, I think. But this is going to be the real test. Like, okay, if you can go against like an... I'd say about like an average offensive line, then I think they should be fine and be able to keep their head above water until TJ Watt returns. But if they can't, then watch out because this offense isn't going to be scoring enough to keep them in games. And then can Mac Jones and Matt Patricia do anything this game? Um, the Dolphins last week gave up seven points to them. The Steelers might be a better defense than them. Maybe not without TJ Watt. We'll have to see how they look. But the Steelers just looked absolutely dominant on defense last week. And now they're going against the Patriots, who look like they have no offensive identity, no no one on the outside they can trust to be playmakers and win. Um, Kendrick Bourne probably should be that guy, but for whatever reason, he's in the doghouse, even though he played like two snaps yesterday or Sunday and got one catch for 49 yards. Um, we'll have to see if they're going to be able to be a bit more creative, generate more yardage, score, put some points on the board because they don't need too many to beat the Steelers. The Steelers don't have good offense and this Belichick defense is also really good. And then, speaking of the Steelers' offense, are we going to see George Pickens this game? Is he going to finally have that? Not finally. This is his second ever NFL game. But is he going to start to have that breakout campaign now in his game two? Like, game one, getting the feet warm. Game two, now he's going against, uh, I think, the Steelers' cornerback. Or the Patriots' cornerbacks are worse than the Bengals. So maybe he can take advantage of that. Um, I do think the Steelers come out of this game on top, covering and winning. The Colts are three and a half point favorites going to Jacksonville, taking on the Jags. How would the Colts offense do? Like, are they going to stall again? They were very slow to start last week and then put up 14 points in the fourth quarter, got it to like a 20-20 tie and then did nothing for the in overtime in the rest of the game. So which version of the Colts offense is going to produce? Because they have a good quarterback, they have a good wide receiver, and they have the best running back in the league and a solid offensive line. They should be a good offense, but... I think one, they need more receiving threats. Who's gonna who's that gonna be? Is that gonna be Jelani Woods? Is that gonna be Alec Pierce? Alec Pierce looks injured this game. Um, or he's on like the injury report, so we might not even play this week. Who's gonna step up as another pass catcher beside Michael Pittman there? Um, how do all the young players perform for Jacksonville? You got a lot of young, promising players that we're just all waiting to see break out. Can this coaching staff do that for them? Can they elevate Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, and Trayvon Walker to be the superstars that they have the ability to be? And then lastly, does anyone even want to win in the AFC South? Last week, they were the only team not to win a game, and two of them played each other. They freaking tied. The Colts and the Texans tied. Um, 
And someone going to show some heart and be like, hey, like we're going to take this weak division by the horns and be the playoff team from here. Um, I do think, though, that the Jags are going to be that team. I think the Jags are going to come out on fire and cover and win this game. Then we have the Dolphins going to Baltimore, taking on the Ravens, who are three and a half point favorites. Um, can the Dolphins shut down the, pay- or the Ravens again? Last time that they played last year, they went all out blitz and... This Ravens team was a lot more injured, but they just weren't able to handle it. Lamar Jackson was stunned and confused out there. Couldn't hit his first guys. Are the Dolphins going to do the same game plan? And if they do, can the Ravens counter this time? Um, Bateman's healthy this time, so maybe that could help a lot. And yeah, we'll have to see how this Dolphins defense does against the Ravens offense, which they've had success against in the past. Secondly, can Tua and this offense get things going against a good defense? Last week, they put up 20 points as a team. But there was a fumble recovery for a touchdown. So they only scored 13 points against the Patriots. Also a good defense, but I think the Ravens are an even better defense. So will they be able to get anything going against them? We'll have to check that out. And then lastly, can the Ravens avoid injuries? Um, they already have some starting to pile up. They had Kyle Fuller go down with the ACL tear. J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, they haven't even played yet. Uh, Jawan James tore his Achilles. Ronnie Stanley hasn't come back yet after like two years ago getting injured. So is this just going to be same old, same old for the Ravens? Just injury riddled season that screws them over. Um, I'm hoping not. That's why I'm picking the Ravens to cover and win. Cause I think on paper, they're the much better team, but yeah, this injury bug is already rearing its ugly head again. Then we have the commanders going on to face the Lions in Detroit who are one and a half point favorites. And once again, man, the Lions being favorites, the Giants being favorites. What year is it? Um, Are we in the midst though of a DeAndre Swift breakout campaign? He had a really nice game against the Eagles last week who should on paper be a good run stuffing team with Jordan Davis, um, Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave. They have some man eaters in the middle and TJ Edwards is no slouch at linebacker either. Uh, But they just, DeAndre Swift gashed them. And this Lions offensive line is really good. So we'll see if they're going to be able to do this against another very talented defensive line. Secondly, does Carson Wentz's erratic play cost the commanders this week? Uh, Last week it didn't. He still put up four touchdowns, even though he threw two interceptions. And yeah, that up and down play led to a close game against the Jags. I'm sure a lot closer than a lot of commanders fans would hope for, but that's just going to be the risk of Carson Wentz is he's going to have highs. He's going to have lows within games and the bad teams are going to be able to stick with the commanders more than they should. And the lions might not even be a bad team this year. I mean, they're favored against the commanders right now. So we'll have to see how that play goes. And then lastly, does Curtis Samuel continue to be used in a unique way? I really hope so. I picked him up in fantasy because watching him, watching the way they made him a focal point of the offense. I don't know if that was just like a week one thing against the Jags matchup that they thought they could take advantage of. Or if they really want Curtis Samuel to be a focus point of this offense. Um, I'm excited to see how that plays. The Lions have a couple good DBs, but I still think Curtis Samuel could get the best of him. Uh, We'll have to see how that matchup goes down. I do think, though, that the Lions still cover and win. Um, Yeah, back-to-back weeks, betting against the Commanders and Carson Wentz. But I feel a lot less confident this week than I did last week. The Commanders showed a lot of promise. And so do the Lions, though. So we'll have to see which of these promising teams is going to be able to come out on top. We have the Seahawks going on to face the Niners at home. Uh, Niners in Santa Clara. And the Niners are eight and a half point favorites. Um, 
Uh, we're going to see Geno Smith's second game as a Seahawk, as the week one starter for the Seahawks. And can Geno Smith and company continue to um, upset opponents that should be much better than them? Like, the offense was clicking in the first half last week, but did absolutely nothing in the second half. So hopefully you can get that first half offense to extrapolate over the whole game. Um, but overall, like, the Seahawks showed a lot of promise last week, beating a very talented Denver team, and the Niners are coming off a pretty rough loss, like, yes, in a monsoon, but maybe the Seahawks can pounce on that with Geno Smith playing well. Second, does Trey Lance not look competent? As I said last week, they were playing in a monsoon, and he was inaccurate. He wasn't rushing that much. He just looked completely uncomfortable out there, and I don't blame him. This is his first week one as a starter. Uh, his security blanket and George Kittle was out. Hopefully Kittle can play. And they were playing in just the worst conditions. So that was a tough game for him to come in and win. And now, though, he's going to be playing at home against the rival Seahawks, who the Niners are much better than on paper. Um, can he perform or is he going to be a bust already in year two? And then lastly, will Nick Bosa just absolutely abuse Charles Cross? Last year, Cross or last week, Cross, the rookie first-round pick for the Seattle Seahawks at tackle, did get abused by Bradley Chubb, and Nick Bosa is much better than Bradley Chubb. So watch out for Nick Bosa to have a hell of a game if Charles Cross can't start improving fast. I think the Seahawks will cover this 8.5-point spread. It's a divisional game, and tough to see Pete Carroll just getting blown out like that. It is possible, definitely, but I think they cover it. But the Niners, I still do feel like, will win. They are the better team, and I still believe there's something in Trey Lance. Um, maybe no longer my MVP sleeper pick, but he's definitely got the talent to execute a win here. Then we have the Falcons going on to face the Rams, who are 10-point favorites. Can Matthew Stafford and the Rams bounce back after an ugly Week 1 performance? Um, Cam Akers and... Aaron Robinson did absolutely nothing in that game. Uh, Stafford, his elbow was bothering him. You could tell he this offense wasn't executing to the most potential. They got like, what, four turnovers off the Bills and still only put up 10 points. Um, this offense is going to need to do a lot better, which they definitely showed they're capable of, especially at Cooper Cup popping off last week. Like They have the pieces in place. This offensive line's got to protect better, and they need other players to step up, other skill position players to step up too. Then we have Cordero Patterson. Is he going to repeat his success from last week? He had like 120 yards on the ground, a couple of catches, looked really good, looked like a true running back who was also a pass catcher out of the backfield more so than last year where he was like, he was definitely a true running back, but he was also like a slot wide receiver. He looked more like a full true running back this last week. Uh, we'll see if they keep using him like that or if he can still be successful going up against a better defense in Aaron Donald and the Rams. And then is Kyle Pitts going to show up this game? Um, last week, he had like two catches, eight yards, just pretty much nothing. Um, now he's going to be going against Bobby Wagner, Ernest Jones. Um, was he? They probably will put Jalen Ramsey on him. Um, is he going to be able to do much to this game? Or is this going to be another Drake London show? Or who's going to step up on that Falcons receiving core? I do think that someone will, and it will be enough for the Falcons to cover, but I still do have the Rams winning this game. Then we have the Texans going to face the Broncos at home. 10-point uh, favorites for the Broncos. How will Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon look? Will they have a great game against this Texans run D that is iffy to say the best? Um, last week, giving up like 160 yards or 130, something like that, to uh, Jonathan Taylor, obviously best running back in the league behind one of the best offensive lines. 
Um, but Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon are a really good one-two punch, and they could take advantage of this poor run defense here in Houston. And then how does Davis Mills in this offense look versus a good Broncos defense? Um, last week, they got up to the quick lead, 23, but then did nothing for the second half. Um, are they going to be able to do the same? Like, are they going to be able to execute and get a lead on this team? Are they going to be able to put points up on the board? And if they do, can they do this consistently throughout the game? Or is it going to be a repeat from last week where, oh, yeah, look at all this potential for the offense and then out the window. And then lastly, is this Russell Wilson experiment going to work? Um, last week it didn't. He put up 16 points against the Seahawks and lost at home or lost in Seattle. But to the team that you gave a bunch of draft picks to to try to get their quarterback or to get their quarterback because you wanted this explosive offense and to let Russ cook and to be this team we've been saying that is a quarterback away. They got their quarterback, but did they? Like, is Russell Wilson going to be the one who's going to be able to lead them to win? Um, I think he will in this case, but it will still be a close game. I have the Texans covering that 10-point spread, so it doesn't even need to be that close of a game to cover that, honestly. And... I'm definitely a lot more bearish on the Broncos than I was a week ago. Then we have the Cardinals going on to face the Raiders, who are five and a half point favorites. And dear God, I hope they win this game because I'm going to be in Vegas for it. So very disappointed if they don't. So I think a lot of the outcome of this game is going to lie on Derek Carr's shoulders. Last week, he had a terrible game, throwing three picks, inaccurate, zeroing in on Devontae Adams, and overall just not executing this offense the way it should be. Um... Honestly, I thought it was like probably Derek Carr's worst performance. Uh, you can't have that in the AFC West. They're already behind the eight ball starting off 0-1, and they're going to need to pick up steam fast. And then will Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins show up for this Cardinals defense? Uh, the two talented first-round pick linebackers from two and three years ago, will, are they going to finally show their like more than just like flash of potential and show that they're actually good linebackers or are Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller, Foster Moreau, all these targets that they have in the middle of the field, are they just going to abuse them? And lastly, who's going to step up on this Cardinals offense? Last week, it was Greg Dortch, which is not a good sign for the Cardinals. They need someone else. They need Hollywood Brown, AJ Green, Zach Ertz, James Conner. They have a lot of players that they can, like can perform and do good. I thought Eno Benjamin looked really good last week, but Someone's going to need to step up here to beat these Raiders. Um, I think the Raiders are going to cover and win this game. They're just, when watching both of the games from last week, the Raiders were in the game against a very talented Chargers team, except for Derek Carr was just not wanting to win it. And the Cardinals just looked completely lost out there. So I feel, feel like it's going to regress to the mean a bit for both. I think Carr will play a bit better. The Cardinals will play a bit better, but the Raiders will still come up on top. Then we have the Bengals being seven-point favorites going on to face the Cowboys in Jerry's world. Uh, can Cooper Rush lead this offense to a touchdown? Last week, the Cowboys were the only team in the league not to score a touchdown. And yeah, their star quarterback went down, but it sounded like it was looking pretty before that. Um, this offense did not look good, and there's no reason to think it's going to look good this week. And it's a very talented Bengals defense that gave up 23 points and an overtime loss with their quarterback turning the ball over five times. Speaking of their quarterback... Will Joe Burrow be less turnover prone this week or is Trayvon Diggs going to have like an amazing game? Um, it was just ugly by Joe Burrow last week. Like, yeah, there was a couple of those that weren't his fault that they got picked like the TJ Water interception man, but a lot of them were Joe's fault, um, especially that first pick six to Minka Fitzpatrick. Trayvon Diggs, if he's going to undercut a route, 
he's going to take it. He's not going to drop it. He's got some of the best ball skills in the league. And this could be a game that we come out of seeing Trayvon Diggs with two or three interceptions. And is this Bengals offensive line still a problem? They're going to be going against Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons, two of the best pass rushers in this league. And they looked terrible last week, the Bengals offensive line, that is. Um, is Dallas going to be able to just get a hell of pressure on them and disrupt Joe Burrow, make him make mistakes like he did last week? Um, I think that they will be able to, but it won't be enough. And the Bengals will still cover and win this. I just have zero faith in this Cowboys offense. And I think the Bengals are just going to at least put up like a couple touchdowns and just cover the spread. Yeah. Then we have the Bears taking on the Packers, Sunday Night Football. Uh, Packers being nine and a half point favorites, which is huge, seeing how they got blown out last week and the Bears actually won. Um, can the Bears start out 2 0? This like is a very realistic possibility, I think. The Bears didn't look good last week, but it was in a monsoon, and they showed they showed the fight, the spirit, the will to win for Eberflus that I don't think definitely wasn't there for Matt Nagy last year, but wasn't there for Nagy since early Trubisky days. Um, so are the Bears going to be able to just rally behind Eberflus fields and just come together and start off, beat the Packers in Lambeau, start off 2-0 for the first time in a hot minute? But I don't know. It's Aaron Rodgers at home after a loss versus the Bears. All those things are a death sentence to other teams. Like Aaron Rodgers after a loss is one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. Aaron Rodgers at home is one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. Aaron Rodgers versus the Bears is one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. Um, they need someone to step up as a Packers wide receiver core or Robert Tunyon, a tight end, someone. They need someone to get it going because Rodgers can't just throw it to himself or something and he can't just throw it to these running backs and have them make play after play. Um, someone's going to need to step up, whether it's Dobbs, Watson, uh, Cobb. Uh, Mario Rogers is back, I guess, this week, but Rogers didn't. Uh, Aaron Rodgers didn't sound too thrilled about that. Um, I don't know who's going to step up, but I have the feeling someone will, just because it's Packers Bears. Um, Packers have owned this for such a long time, and I think the Packers cover that nine and a half point spread and win. Then we have the Titans going on to face the Bills in Buffalo. Bills being ten point favorites. Will this off Titans offense be able to get rolling? They were looking decent in the first half of last week, but then only scored one touchdown against the Giants, and Kyle Phillips looked to be the only one who was able to get yardage for this team. They're going to need a lot more than that to go against the Bills, who looked unstoppable. Um, is it even possible to stop Josh Allen? Like, yeah, they got a, the Rams got a couple turnovers on him, but one of them wasn't his fault. The other interception, yeah, just a good play. He got beat. Um but stopping Josh Allen is such a tall task, and I don't know if the Titans are going to be able to do it. They're definitely going to need big games out of Bud Dupree, Jeffrey Simmons, and their young cornerbacks, but it's a tough ask for this team. Um, and then will the Bills' young corners continue to impress? This isn't the greatest wide receiver core, to say the least, for the Titans. And last week, they did really well against the Rams, the Bills' corners, that is. So can they have another impressive week and shut down the Rams pat or the Titans passing attack? Um, I think they do. I think the Bills are going to be able to cover this 10-point spread, even though they lost to the Titans last week. I just don't, or last year, I don't have faith that the Titans are going to be a good offense. And I just don't see how they're going to be able to stop this Bills passing attack. So I think the Bills cover and win. And then the last game of the week, the second Monday night game. Uh, we got the Vikings taking on the Eagles in Philadelphia, Eagles being two-point favorites. Uh, this is going to be the Justin Jefferson versus A.J. Brown show. Last week, both of these receivers had amazing games. Are they going to be able to repeat this performance? Or which one's going to have the better game? Excited little head-to-head -head matchup to watch. Um, 
another wide receiver to look out for is Devonta Smith. Where was he? He did not perform. Um, is he going to show up this week? He was 0 for 4 on targets last week with a drop. Um, this week, he's going to be going against Cam Danson and Patrick Peterson. Hopefully, he can have a bit more success because last week was just he was just a non-factor out there, which is not what you expect out of a Heisman-winning wide receiver. And lastly, we have Daniil Hunter and Zedaria Smith going against Jordan Mailata and Lane Johnson. This is strength on strength right there, if I've ever seen it. Two of the greatest pass rushers in the league going against two of the greatest tackles. Who's going to come out on top? A lot of the times, the elite pass protectors will come on top versus elite edge rushers. But this is still just like a different breed, especially I hope that Daniil Hunter goes against Jordan Mailata, two of the most physically gifted players at their positions, extremely raw prospects who have developed into some of their best in the league. So that's just going to be an exciting matchup to watch because, yeah, you don't see great, two great um, matchups like this. Like a lot of the times it's like one good edge rusher, one good tackle, maybe two good edge rushers, one good tackle or vice versa. You almost never see two on two. So I'm just excited to see how this one goes. Um, I do think the Eagles win. And because it's such a small spread, two points, I feel like that they'll cover that. Um, and yeah, that's how I see this week two of the NFL season going. Let me know what you guys think. Where am I wrong? Where am I right? Uh, what did you guys think about that Thursday night football game? Super exciting stuff. And yeah, I see you guys all on Wednesday.